from the Black Swan Media Studios, deep inside a secret underground bunker. We're speaking to freedom-loving patriots from all around the country and the world. Welcome to the resistance. This is John Crump, live. live. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We begin another week here on John Crump Live. I hope everyone enjoyed their Labor Day weekend. The end of the summer is here. Kids are back to school and all that good stuff, which is great if you're a parent because that means... You don't have to figure out what to do with your kids all during the summer. We are brought to you by Tusk. Tusk is a cryptocurrency from the firearms market, and it is great. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. And we are sponsored by Black Swan Tactical, where you can get really cool patches like this. And also, by the way, I'm wearing a tough shirt. But a Black Swan Tactical, you can get other shirts. Not the tough shirt, but other ones. And really cool patches like that. And yeah. Black Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more. There's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. And be sure to check out JSD Supply. Just Google JSD Supply because I don't want to get the website because I don't want to be demonetized. But they got really cool kits, like including this right here, which is a 320. That is a 80%. Go over there and check them out. JSD Supply. Just Google that. And if you want really cool patches, go to Toxic Patch Code. ToxicPatchCo.com is the ones that make all the patches on black swan tactical and they have some really really cool patches and i see zach out there who actually runs toxic patch go it is his company give me that tracking number zach and with that let's bring on my co-host and our guest of the day first from parts unknown mainly florida where he fights alligators all day it is flying rich hey john how are you doing, nice, Flying Rich? Nice. And thank you, John. It's an honor to be with the biggest head on YouTube. Thank, thank you. I do have a massive head. And Sarah Albrecht from Hold My Guns, a good friend of mine. But first, Rich, how are you doing today, and how was your weekend, Labor Day weekend? Good, good. You know, um, it was nice. I, I don't know if everybody's familiar with Judaism, but we sat Shiva. My mother-in-law passed. A week ago, Friday, we had the service Friday, and, it, you know, it was kind of a good experience. I kind of like how the Jews do that. I thought you were going to talk about dreidels and stuff, but that's good. No, uh, it is Rosh Hashanah today, so it's the uh, new year on the Jewish calendar that's where you atone for your sins, I think. I'll have to ask my wife. All right, and Sarah, how was your Labor Day weekend? I had a really good time. Uh, as you probably know, John, it's really hard for me to like sit down and relax. And my family pretty much said, Sarah, you are going to the pool. You're going to float in the pool and we're going to make sure you have a beer in your hand. So that's how I spent my day yesterday. It was nice. the first time that I've been in the pool all summer and it felt really good. I got like just the right amount of sun that I'm not burned because I, I have Scottish heritage. So I burn really fast, but just enough that it was sun kissed, but Scottish. felt really good. Yep. Do you, do you know who has a pool and has never floated with a beer in it? You. Yeah. You've also never shot yeah. an AK in that pool either. But oh, let's not talk that, about that. That too. But bucket list. 
Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things. There's Florida Man. I, I can't be Florida Man. I got to get a swamp buggy ride, airboat ride, and go hog hunting. So once I get those done. Okay. All right. I guess, you're, I guess you're in New York, man. All right. So let me tell you, my weekend was all about work. 2A, 2A, 2A. Actually, fight, fighting off uh, 2A things, but whatever. Um fighting off other groups that aren't as two way as we would like. But yeah, you can check out my other channel, John Crump News, for all that information. So Sarah here is from Hold My Guns, and there's a lot of misconceptions about what Hold My Guns is. So I'm gonna ask some really tough questions. I already know the answer to them, but just to get it out of the way because people always ask. Okay. Bring it. I and again like uh, I know I've said this to you before like I'm a range safety officer. I love guns. We have tons of guns. We care about rights. And that is part of why we started hold my guns. And I would, I would be really upset if people were just like, Oh yeah, great idea. Let's do it without investigating it all. So I totally respect when people ask questions, it actually makes me really turned on and excited that people care about our rights. So ask away, John. All right. Is hold my guns anti gun? No. Are you planning on taking people's guns away, uh, like red flag in them? No. In, in fact, this is beautiful because it really takes out the legs underneath arguments that, um, that people exploit uh, mental health concerns or, or other concerns. It really takes the legs out from underneath this because, uh, but, but from those efforts because it is an opportunity to practice self-governance in a way that really keeps out um, outside intervention. So we're really proud of this as a way to help um, prevent people from having that, that sort of interaction with folks who don't care about their rights. All right. Do you think, do you believe in red flag laws? I do not personally. I am all about due process and it really scares the hell out of me when Anytime someone, whether it's taking a firearm or your home or whatever it might be, I think that people have a right to be present and to be aware of any proceeding that's happening against them. And um, the the fact that due process has been threatened here really angers me at, at a very deep level. And the hardest question in this one, I'm sorry, but I have to ask this of you. Uh, should Rich get a wig? Oh, you know, uh I'm trying to think what color of wig Rich might look good in. Um, you know, it, Halloween is coming up, so uh, maybe a Rob Zombie uh, wig would look really wild on him with some dreads or uh-huh. maybe like a, a pink or blue bob. I, I'm just curious Ooh. what it would look like. Ooh. Now, if he wore Dude. a turtleneck, would he look like a turtle? How? How, John? <laughs> you know, uh, Sarah's a nice girl, and I don't think she's going to answer that. Would he look like a turtle? Um, you really have to be quite a stretch of the imagination. Uh, he might look like an international spy if he had like a black turtleneck and a beret or something. Uh-huh. Not quite turtle attire. <laughs> I think he could rock anything. Apparently, you owe CloverTech a Coke. <laughs> I, I would love to give CloverTech... So uh, I'd love to share a Coke with him. I haven't seen him since I think SHOT Show. So uh, I really, I miss everyone. I'm looking forward to SHOT Show this uh, coming year. And I will be at USCCA Expo in October. I am a confirmed speaker there. Uh, It's not quite listed on the website yet, but I will be talking about individualized safety planning and creating a, a plan for crises so that you have agency and a say over what happens if shit hits the fan. And we really want to encourage people to think ahead so that they're not finding themselves in a situation where they do get flagged. So that will be my topic. And I hope that I get to see folks at USCCA as well as SHOT Show. All right. Uh, so a bunch of people are picking your wigs out. We have uh, some green wigs, <laughs> some bowl cuts and everything else. All right. So before we go any further, I do want to pitch something that I will be doing on Saturday at 8 p.m. 
Oh, a press release went out. It is on MLN. It's going to be on Truth About Guns website and a bunch of other ones. But on Saturday at 8 p.m., we are having a streamathon. If you're not aware, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and with that, uh, if you don't know, I lost my niece uh, back in February to childhood cancer. So I wanted to do something for childhood cancer. And then I found out that P80 Dan, that's his online name. We all have online handles. My online handle is John Crump, which is kind of ironic that my name is Dave Hickenbacker, but I go by John Crump online. Uh, but um, I found out that his son has stage three cancer. So we're going to be doing a streamathon to raise money for that, for the the care, because it can get real expensive, especially if family costs and everything. There's, it's much more than just uh, the cancer treatments. So we're going to be doing, we're going to be turning it off, all the super chats, everything is going to go right to the GoFundMe, and we got some really awesome giveaways. We have SIGP320 kits from JFD. We have a bunch of Polymer 80 stuff. We got a backpack that actually turns into a freaking bulletproof vest, which is insanely awesome um i ordered some some really cool uh I'll, I'll show you in a second some really cool stuff from uh from a company uh some 80 percent lowers basically what? and we're gonna be doing the p80 kits and a lot of really cool really cool stuff so you can win a lot of cool stuff so if you really want anything like that then yeah, it's 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 your opportunity to win some really, really cool stuff. I will show you uh, win while helping somebody. I will show you a couple things that I purchased today. In fact, for it, and I uh, think I got the one of the last ones. So I, for here, I'll show you what I'm what's going to be coming in here. Let me just go first. will be the Betsy Ross 80% lower. Let me see if I can blow this up here. See if I can get the... uh, Yeah, here. I got a tusk lower coming from them. Yeah, so it does have the 1776 flag on there. Did we get that? And we have the... And let me bring this one up. And this is what I've, uh, this is my donation along with the other thing. With the back, the bulletproof backpack, the, the backpack that turns into a vest front and back. And this is the no step on snake, uh, 80%. Cool. Now, are those serialized? Like, as in these are non-serialized. They're eighty percent. No, but meaning there's a limited edition. Yes. Yeah, we have to be careful not to say the term serialized. It's a special edition, not serialized. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so that is some of the stuff that we're going to be giving away on Saturday. So cool, and and really, what a great cause. And that's Saturday at 8 p.m., right? Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You gonna have some drinks with us then? I could, you know, I could. I was, I, uh, I was on with uh, Joe from Shooting Gallery New England the other night, and um, and and I and I think you were there too, Rich. And and yeah, and and what was I drinking? Rich is Uh, on everybody's show. He is. (laughs) Uh, Some Jameson. I was drinking Jameson that night. That's usually my go-to. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out in the chat, uh, Mr. Chuck Wagon said today's the last day to weigh in for pistol braces. So make sure that you guys go ahead and do that. Um, it really is important that we make our voices heard and, and to be in that fight to protect rights and preserve rights. And um, it was when we first did our GoFundMe, Alex Bosco on our GoFundMe um, from SB Tactical donated $5,000 towards helping Ooh. us with our uh, initial legal fees. Um, we were working with wow. Josh Prince, who's a, a wonderful firearms attorney here on the East Coast. 
And um, it was, and Josh said, hey, Alex, would you be interested in, in helping us to get this boost because uh, we need to cover these costs? And he stepped up and did that. So nice. um, it's always a pleasure to uh, just fight for SB Tactical and for pistol braces, which really is a lot bigger issue than just pistol braces. It has to do with um, not regulating firearms and, and to really uh, get to the heart of that. So as a community, we, we really need to step up on that. Um, yeah, Alex Pasco won't talk to me unless I, sure. besides through his lawyer, I used to be able to call him directly on, on the cell phone, but some reason it doesn't happen anymore. I get it, John. You know, it's just one of those things when you're in investigative reporting that sometimes, sometimes things can happen, you know? Yeah. 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 But if you guys want to go to a really cool place, you guys can head over to JSD Supply and pick up a uh, lower, a kit, or whatnot. And I even got something that I put my that on my Glock that turns it into a braced pistol, which is very cool. That is Ooh, very I, cool. I actually got to fondle that, yeah. Yeah, Rich Ooh. liked it. Were you wearing a wig when you were fondling this? That's, that's what we want to know. No. Okay. And I've never worn a wig. Okay. By the way, I heard your interview with Jordan Vinroe from Jesse, and it was freaking amazing. Yeah, Jordan's a awesome guy. Um, I really like Jordan a lot. I talked to Jordan quite a bit. Cool. Um, really, he picks up the phone when you call because he doesn't pick he up the phone up when I phone. call. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm John Mother. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, his answers were on point, and that really it affected. You know, well, I'm in Pennsylvania, and that's something that really affected the gun show here. And so I was just so excited. I was like, "Ooh, John Crump's got this interview," and I tuned in and listened. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, like He's the way that Jordan that answers questions, it's just well, it just gives me chills. He's amazing. Well, so he didn't. The the reason why uh, at that time I wasn't really friends with Jordan. Um, I was like, okay, who's lying, Foak or Jordan? When I, or who's right? Uh, well, Foak came out and basically admitted everything. Kim Stouffer on the interview admitted everything that he said he didn't do, but then admitted to it. Uh, then emailed me and said, I want to know who videotaped me saying the stuff I didn't say. Oh, that's tough. And and to be fair, you know, FOAC has done a lot of great work in Pennsylvania. And so it's like one of those situations, like like we were just talking about a moment ago, where sometimes people don't take calls or whatever. It's just such a it, there is so much at stake in the gun community. And it's it can be really hard at times. And I just always want to, you know, we have to always go back to our principles, like how can we preserve freedom and whose side are we on? And so that's always my encouragement to folks. There's always going to be people who have different disagreements about things. But our our goal is to really promote a liberty lifestyle. And that's something that I strive to do with Hold My Guns, that we really so want to empower people to make decisions that to support those values. Um, and this really does fill a need. Um, I haven't really said what we do yet. We partner. Yeah, with so I was going to say, you got to tell us your mission. <laughs> yeah. So Hold My Guns. Um, we partner with gun shops and we provide the offsite storage of firearms. It's voluntary. We do not ask why. We know that whatever reason that responsible gun owner is storing their firearms, it's going to do things like help prevent suicide, help prevent accidental shootings, help prevent theft of firearms. And not everyone has a friend or family member who is able to help hold a firearm for them if they if they have that need. And so it really is an opportunity um, that as a community that we can take leadership on this issue and that we can support our own community and help them whether they're being deployed and they need someone to hang on their fire to their firearms while they're in another country or whether they're going through a health crisis in their home or maybe a son or daughter in their home is going through a crisis or maybe someone in their home becomes prohibited. So we have to be able to provide answers to our community and come alongside and support. And I really see that as an opportunity here. The other cool thing is that because we are part of the firearms community, we can talk about suicide prevention in a very real way, um, in a way that actually equips people to be able to help each other. And 
so recently at Lower Providence Rod and Gun Club, along with Frank Tate, who's a member there. You might know him, you know, as, as someone who's trying to become a member of the NRA board and reform the NRA. But Frank is a wonderful guy. He's in my neighborhood. Um, and he helped to co-host a QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer, Suicide Prevention Gatekeeper Training. And we trained 50 members of Lower Providence Gun Club, which include range safety officers, firearms instructors, and other members of our firearms community in suicide prevention training. And the thing that I absolutely love, and it's a certified course. So when you're listing your instructor credentials, you can now list that you are QPR certified. And what that does is it teaches techniques for being situationally aware and observing um, people at the range, which is something as a range safety officer we're trained to do anyway, to make sure people are being safe, um, but to learn how to ask questions that are respectful, but you know that you can help to make sure that that person truly is doing okay. And that I love that it has the refer component. It never expects someone to be a, a counselor, but instead it trains you to say, hey, here are the resources nationally and locally that we trust that you could call if you need help. And can I help you make those calls and do a warm handoff in a, in a kind and human way to say, is there anything I can do to help you get help? So I love that approach. And we were really excited. We brought it to 50 um, individuals at Lower Providence. Um, by the way, they host really amazing IDPA matches there. And um, we're excited to be doing that again. And then I actually, um, it really resonated with me in a way that I'm actually pursuing becoming a QPR instructor so that we can go to different places in the firearms community, whether it's an FFL or a range or something. And um, and we can teach others about suicide prevention so they can get certified as well. And the cool thing is that we can really customize that course to meet the needs of the firearms community. Um, and, and it is really uh, something that we can share about, hey, if, if you handle things in a voluntary way and you get help proactively, then you reduce your chances of um, being flagged. And that's really our hope. We really want to empower people to make good decisions and know what their options are so that they can make informed decisions of their own volition. That That is awesome. I just want to clear up something. I don't have a six-story mansion with six gun rooms. <laughs> I have a five-story mansion with six gun rooms. All right. Just wanted to clear that up. Well, I, I said you lived in the bad part of the neighborhood, and you're only allowed three stories above ground in your neighborhood. Yeah, I know my house is only three stories. Above ground. No, that's – that, yeah, whatever. No. <laughs> Rich. I, you know what, Sarah? I am interviewing for a new co-host. Yeah? Would you be interested <laughs> – <laughs> Come on, I'm about to fire my current one. No. Well, you can't make fun of Sarah. Okay, Sarah's okay, smart, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, you really, really, there's a lot to make fun of. It's okay. No, I am just joking. I would, and, you know, Sarah, I got to say, I, I don't know if I've said this in the past. I mad respect for what you do, just thinking of it. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, and there's lots of us that have been in situations where we've needed that kind of help. Apparently, I got a surface air missile to, on top of my mansion to, to keep you in check. But no, that would actually, because, uh, you know, his plane is usually on the ground. Mm-hmm. Most know. planes are usually on the ground. Ah. <laughs> uh. That's so mean. That's so I, mean, John. I don't. I don't know if Sarah was the joke, but I've crashed two of my planes. I've. You have told me that over a cigar and a drink, and and John certainly <laughs> brings it up at every opportunity he can. So yes. <laughs> Apparently, you even have your own sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to two eighty you last night, uh, and uh, like I, I need to get the, uh, the sound effect for Rich. There's one of my sponsors right there, Toxic Patch Co. That car runs Toxic Patch Co. If you guys want to go to ToxicPatchCo.com and get some cool-ass patches. Um, Toxic so, Patch Co. is really awesome. 
I, I think I got my pilot's license in 2002, and I haven't had a car accident since then, unless you count my second plane crash where I hit a car. That's good. John, I need a sound effect, too. This is not fair. <laughs> Say what? There you go. That's your sound effect. <laughs> okay. <now. laughs> oh. I got plenty of sound effects. Good. So, Sarah, as far as gun shop participation, how many places are actually participating in Hold My Guns? So right now we have St. Bernard's Indoor Shooting Center in Louisiana. That is owned by Brandon LaBeouf. Um, he is he served in the Marine Corps. Oh, I know um, his brother. Cool. Shiloh. Shiloh. There you go. There's a joke. You ever seen the Shia LaBeouf? Uh, uh, you have to look that up. Where they're like, they're like, they have these huge paper mache heads, and they're like in the forest with Shia LaBeouf. Anyway, um, no, but but Brandon is phenomenal. Recently, you know, they their Louisiana was hit really hard with Hurricane Ida, and he even posted on his uh, personal pages, "If anyone needs anything, I just got my power back. You know, I really want to help people." And, and it's just always a joy to work with him. Um, Brandon truly has a heart for people. He also has a program that helps veterans um, acclimate uh, those who have served when they get back from deployment to really help them to um, he trains them in in firearms instruction and um, and running firearms businesses. So uh, he provides them with uh, employment and and really helps them to get acclimated. And then our other storage partner is Casey Small Arms, and they're uh, located in Massachusetts. They are on the uh it's it's run by chris graham and uh they're they are on the the same complex as yankee home machine um but chris is phenomenal to work with as well he really has a heart for protecting um rights and really just uses casey small arms as a as a way that he can give back to the community and to support um folks who need firearm storage for whatever reason we do have a third partner in the works that will be um, green lighting soon in the Pittsburgh area. They are, it's a, it's also a veteran, re, veteran owned um, gun shop and they, they really have wonderful training programs there as well. And they are in the attorney review phase. So we basically require that our gun shop partners um, that they, they have a contract with their customers and we have an attorney licensed in their state review that contract and write a quick note to attest, yep, they're compliant with the, the state and local laws. And that helps to reduce liability to our gun shop partners and to our nonprofit. So they are in the attorney review phase and we're hoping to be able to announce soon the name of that gun shop and, and get them up and running. Um, and, you know, we have had a number of gun shops. There really is a need. There is a need for gun shops to sign on. Um, something that I'm finding as I'm, as I, um, out, do some outreach. And then also um, we have folks reach out to us is that a lot of the smaller kitchen table style FFLs, they, their heart is in the right place, but they do not carry general liability insurance. And that means that if something were to happen, if their firearm were to become, if the customer's firearm were to um, incur any damage while it was being held, um, that they wouldn't have insurance to cover it. So we require um, that our that our gun shop partners have that insurance. So our hope is to um, kind of ramp up our outreach and to start um, c contacting gun shops that are more established, that they're in a, in a brick and mortar building, and that they um, carry general liability insurance. So uh, again, if you know of anyone that would be interested in partnering with Hold My Guns, please send them our way. So Sarah, I got a question because. I've three stories, two are my own. Uh, I'm actually holding a gun for somebody that moved back to Italy. Okay. Is it bad if I do that as a personal individual? Like what risks do I have? Well, in the state of Pennsylvania, in order for someone to safe keep your firearm, and that might be um, law to look up uh, under safekeeping laws in Pennsylvania, you are allowed to hold on to someone's pistol. If, you have a license to carry a firearm. Mm -hmm. um, and it, but if you, 
you don't need one if you're um, storing a long gun for them, but you do if you're huh. if you're storing a pistol. So I would just encourage folks, um, you know, if that's if you care about, um, you know, not getting into hot water from a legal perspective, to just be aware of what your state laws are, and that is one reason why we saw a need for hold my guns was because um, you know not everyone is lawfully able to store someone's firearms, and uh, you know a lot of times um, you know like. Even even folks that are well-meaning, you know, counselors and such, they say, well, just give your firearm to a friend. And that can really lead, land someone in hot water. Um, so we we saw a need. And that's why we um, are working with gun shops so that folks can do that. Something that you might consider, you know, if you're storing a firearm for your friend or you want to help them out in that way is, um, you know, we were talking about the 80% a moment ago and, and whether or not they were serialized. And that is really a clincher for a lot of state laws. So it's possible to store, in, in most cases, again, please check your state and local laws. Um, it's possible to store uh, a part that is non-serialized. It's a critical part, like a barrel or a firing pin. Okay. And, you know, just to, I would just encourage anyone out there, if they know of someone in need or they might need firearm storage, if it's not storing the complete firearm, which is technically that serialized part, or to, especially that serialized part, that they could give a part that's not serialized and it might be more compliant with the state and local laws. So just be aware of that. You always want to know, um, you know, what what you're what risk you're taking on when you're helping someone out like that. Mm. And yeah. and you know, I I know of a story. A friend of mine. This is I think it's like a week ago. Uh, he was just telling me that one of his friends had some mental health issues and the they contacted him to go and put a lo trigger lock on all of the firearms at his house hmm. and keep the key. So a uh, hold, hold your guns type thing would be a good situation, you know, for off premises storage. Or like you said, maybe you didn't want to buy N number trigger locks, depending, you know, if you have one gun or two guns, that's not a big deal. But somebody like John Crump, you couldn't afford trigger locks for because he just has a lot of guns. It's a five story mansion with, you know, armories in every room. So every floor. Every floor. I don't have locks. that many armories. Not that many. Yeah. That's a lot though. Even one is a lot. I, I have a small little area where I keep most of my firearms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Besides the top floor. The top floor. Yeah, Donald Trump area. wouldn't say it's huge. huge. It's huge. He would say that that would be like maybe a guest bathroom at Donald Trump's place size armory. Yeah, I mean, Something else to consider, too, is, you know, we talked about um, having a having a lock or whatever or even a firearm safe. You know, one of the one of the situations that um, that I helped with um, before I found a home my guns was I used to be a doula and a childbirth educator. And a doula is someone who um, helps women during pregnancy, uh, labor and delivery and postpartum. And so postpartum, one of my clients was really suffering from postpartum depression. Mm. And, you know, the thing about that was, you know, she had a, a new baby. She had a bunch of toddlers. She didn't really have a lot of help. Her husband owned a business and he was um, just working very hard to take care of his family. And it was just a couple of nights where she didn't get enough sleep. The baby wasn't eating well. The baby was very colicky. And she called me up and said, I have my gun safe open and I'm really thinking of taking my own life. And I oh said, God. don't touch. I will be right over. I grabbed a freezer meal. I grabbed one of my kids. Um, and we went over. We, we brought another friend with us, um, a mutual friend that she knew. And I uh, went over. We unloaded the firearms. And um, and I put a dinner in the oven. I said, go take a shower and go take a nap. We're going to take care of your kids. Please get some rest. Ooh. Tomorrow's a new day. And with that, and, and she's still with us. And so mm. with that really opened my eyes to, and I'm grateful for that experience because it really prepared me for this work for Hold By Guns, which I didn't, you know, I didn't know about it, that I'd be doing this at the time. Um, but, you know, sometimes no matter how many locks you have and how many safes you have, that if something in, happens in the home where an adult in the home who has access to firearms is suffering from something like postpartum depression, which it's really hard to predict. I mean, there are some, sure. you know, risk factors, but it's really hard to predict if someone will get postpartum depression. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where um, 
we want to make sure that there are options for folks who suddenly find themselves in a very unexpected mental health crisis because of hormonal reasons, because of lack of sleep or whatnot. So um, that's just something else to consider. You know, a lot of folks are like, oh, well, I have a fire, I'm safe, so it's totally fine. But what, it, what do you do if, if, you know, your spouse all of a sudden um, is, is having a hard time or if you're having a hard time? None of us know if, you know, the next time we go to the grocery store, if we're going to get into a debilitating car accident and really feel like giving up on life. And we just have to humbly recognize that any of us at any time could be hit with something really unexpected, no matter how prepared we think we are. And that's really, again, the beauty of the firearms community that we can reach out and say, hey, I'm having a hard time. Can you help me out? Will you will you help me call this counselor? Will you talk me through what I need to be doing? And of course, you know, that's what we'll be talking about at USCCA, creating an individualized safety plan so that if the unexpected does happen, that you have a plan in place. So... Um, I will say, too, that, you know, a lot of our effort, it's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears on the part of our team and, and something that would really, really help are some uh, sponsorships from the firearms community, in addition to, um, you know, gun shops who are a good fit to be signing on. But it's not simply, um, you know, it's not simply sponsoring the gun shops. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes in order to make all of this run. You know, we're getting calls um, from individuals who are in crisis. We're helping them, helping to place them with um, gun shops who might not even be partners yet. But we're like, hey, we made these phone calls. Someone can help you out. Um, you know, or simple, stupid things like keeping our website running, like we just got all the bills for <laughs> our website and stuff, you know, so there are day-to-day -day costs that, that a lot of times we're just eating here and, um, to have a sponsor would be amazing. And, you know, something that it really, um, just shines, if, you know, our, our sponsors in the industry is that it shows that they're taking leadership on this issue, that they care and that they actually are helping people. They're saving lives and there are opportunities, for example, like, you know, like, you know, helping to sponsor that QPR training so that more range safety officers and firearms instructors can have that credential added to their, their list of credentials so that they are someone who can recognize warning signs and who are equipped to help people um, or sponsoring things like volunteer opportunities through the gun shops where, you know, we can go and stock a local food bank. And what that does is it helps, you know, an example like that, we can help to bring firearms, uh, gun shop customers out of the woodwork, out of isolation, and go do something that makes them feel good while they are taking care of their community. So there's a lot of opportunities to really shine in the firearms industry. And we're, we're really looking forward to, um, to partnering with, with more folks in the industry. Um, you know, it's, it's really important that it comes from our own industry and something that we see over and over again in other places, like, for example, the education sector. Um, you know, my kids uh, this morning, we had this huge parent meeting because the school that my uh, my kids are homeschooled, but they do like this learning center thing that the learning center um, is state funded. Uh, or no, our learning center is not state funded, but the place where they meet it has state funded daycare. And so because it, they're accepting state money, now they're having all of these COVID mandates that they told us that that, that wasn't going to happen. And they said, well, we have state money. And so we have to comply or we're going to lose our funding. And I never, ever want to put our nonprofit in a situation where because we've accepted some dirty money from the state, essentially, um, you know, that that we're going to get stuck with a lot of, of red tape that is uh, counterintuitive to our mission. So to me, you know, it's really important that we work within our own community and that really protects um, our mission. So I just want to just want to put that out there that there there is a need. And I you know we try to tough it out, but um, it would really, really go far if we could have some additional um, partners. So help us out. two things um, are have you been to Iraq veteran? There's an event coming up next month. And Unfortunately, it's the exact same time as the USCCA Expo. Okay. I would love to go. So, you know, if, if I, you're planning on going, um, you know, feel free to, to, to get the word out about Hold sure. My Guns. I believe um, John and Genevieve um, from the Gun Collective plan on being there. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think they're planning on being there. Um, you know, so if anyone, Genevieve Jones is my co-founder. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you see her there, please give her a hug and, and ask her how you can support Hold My Guns.
Oh, yeah, sure. And somebody asked a question here. I'm going to have to roll back a little bit. Linda White says, doesn't knowledge of this getting out set somebody up to be red flagged if there's a red flag laws in the future in the state they live in? Well, we don't ask why the person's storing firearms. So for all we know, they're maybe being deployed or going on vacation. And that's really important. You know, if you if you only assume that a person is storing a firearm because they're in crisis, uh, you're kind of flagging them. And that is absolutely not our approach. We don't ask on purpose. Um, you know, our and, and we don't ask when they're picking up the firearm. They do have to sign um, the contract to acknowledge that they're picking up their firearm, that they're not doing it for nefarious purposes, um, and, and that they're not a prohibited person. A prohibited person is someone, um, you know, who's not lawfully able to have a firearm um, or possess a firearm. And, you know, that includes something like an involuntary commitment. So if they're signing that that document, then they are attesting that they are not prohibited. So it would, they are, you know, able to purchase a firearm if they want, for example. And so we're very, very cautious about our wording so that we're not singling people out. Um, and on the flip side of that, you know, let's say that uh, that gun owner were to share with someone that they had a firearm in storage for whatever reason, I would truly hope that it would go well for them to say, this person took personal responsibility. You know, we as a culture, we tell people if you are having an episode of transient mental illness for whatever reason, maybe your spouse died, maybe you're you just lost your job and you're really struggling with life. You know, we tell people you can heal from that. You can get help. And so I would hope that that anyone who would be critical instead would recognize that someone who did make that choice was doing it for really good reasons and it should be credited to them for taking personal responsibility. And if we, you know, are not encouraging people to, to have a sense of agency and personal responsibility in their lives, I, I think we're doing terribly as a culture. So um, I sure. just love to throw that back on people um, to say, wait a second, it seems like they're being responsible here. So it, isn't that what you want? And it kind of shuts them down. Space, yeah, and space Texas have an awesome comment. Sorry. He said he heard the Taliban started a whole my guns branch in Afghanistan for the U.S. government. So sweet on them. We we need a, a soundbite so for that, a, a little clip for that, maybe like an airplane. Oh, I don't know. And and it's real. What's really sad though is that that um, that there are efforts like this confiscation efforts out there, and and uh, I love the work. I love the work of, of Mom at Arms. That she really kind of shows she gets to the heart of you know Jill gets to the heart of of some of this logic that that some of these awful gun control groups are are putting out there and she's like it sounds a lot like the Taliban or that sounds a lot like China like are we surprised you know um, so I loved her picture of Shannon Watts like she did like some meme of Shannon Watts like congratulating the Taliban or something on their efforts and really we have to we really have to keep our heads on a swivel right to recognize that some of these things that people are trying to call common sense um, you know gun laws and responsible gun owner there's there's a lot of euphemisms there and we really need to be as scripture says wise as serpents and innocent as doves and we we have to have compassion and care for our community and not get caught up in all that crap that mm -hmm. infringes on rights oh, and of course the, an evil enemy is going to twist good words like compassion and responsibility for evil purposes and that we absolutely have to be cautious about that but at the same time you know Sometimes we're going to say things and then someone else is going to be like, oh, wow, you sound a lot like the Taliban. Uh, that sucks, <laughs> you know, but right. that's, that's right. certainly look at our mission statement. That's not it. But I, I certainly can laugh at something like that because really, you know, that's that's our that's what's happening in the world right now. And again, that's why it's so important that we don't give up our rights and that we have a way to help people in crisis that does not infringe on their rights. Um, Diana Muller even mentioned us during some Senate hearings recently um, talking about Hold My Guns and that it was a way to help people in crisis without infringing on their rights. Um, mm -hmm. And recently, you know, I like I've done a lot of work with helping um, veterans. And that certainly is something that is a concern in the in the veterans um, and service member community as well. We have to find solutions that don't infringe on rights. So I I actually had this happen to me. I put a gun up for sale and I was kind of surprised. Uh, like, yeah, all right, it didn't sell. Uh, I'll take it back. I'll bring it to the gun show and sell it myself. 
He's like, oh, uh, yeah, I got to do a background check on you. It's five bucks. And, and like, by the what? way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs. Whoops, that was wrong, but <laughs> I, I meant, I meant for the phone. From John, you have a great gift and Sarah of Hold My Guns. Oh, thank you. And by the way, so, I, I got the the innocent of the uh, innocent of doves, uh, wise of serpents mixed up. I've, I've been as wise of doves and as innocent of serpents, so I think I'm in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> you don't want to get that mixed up. Whoops. Liquor for liquor before beer, right? Isn't that how it goes? No, I always heard. Yeah. Uh, don't get it mixed up. I always, I always do it the maybe other it's way. beer before liquor. I don't know. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Yeah. And That's it always rhymes. how I did it. Oh. Uh, so I'm withhold my guns. Do you have to pay five bucks to get your guns back? Yes. If if be and and here's here's the 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 thing. Uh, it's a regulated space. Gun shops Mm -hmm. are a place that, you know, that they have to have some semblance of compliance in order to store a firearm. However, if you are concerned about, um, you know, background checks, you can always store a non-serialized part at a gun shop partner. Um, So that is, that's a thing. But our, the hardest problem that we had to solve is how do you store firearms at a gun shop and they do have to do a transfer to give the mm-hmm. firearm back. The way that it works is that you are still the owner of the firearm. The temporary possession is the gun shop temporarily possesses the firearm. We use the consignment and consignment return process as the backbone for that, that storage program. And that allows them to take in the firearm and uh, to hold it for you. And, and it keeps them above board and reduces liability. But again, that being said, not everyone wants to do that. So you can always store a non-serialized critical part and it kind of bypasses that. But for someone you know who's gonna be going away for an extended stay and they're concerned that they live in a rough neighborhood, um, you know, they might not want to leave the rest of that, that serialized, those serialized parts mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. them to steal. So, you know, we just sure. want to make sure that people are aware of that, but that they know that they have options as well. And if cost is an issue, um, you know, our gun shops are encouraged to let us know so we can scholarship folks. Um, we try to keep all the costs extremely low. And again, mm-hmm. you know, to charge someone, you can't say, oh, we're only going to offer it free if someone's struggling with suicidal ideation because that singles them out. So we want to uh, keep those costs right, low, okay. right? Um, and gun shops, too, can help to scholarship, um, you know, like through a roundup program or something like that. They can say, mm-hmm. hey, would you like to round up to next dollar? We, we store firearms for folks. And if there's ever a financial a idea, need. Yeah. You know, and that way it creates awareness at the register, too, of, of the program. But there are definitely ways that folks can get involved to help offsite, offset those costs. And it and it really does make a difference in the community. OK. OK. So VA Wolf says you're more than welcome. And Dark out there points out that I live in the richest county in the country. And it's also the highest county for suicide in the country. Mm-hmm. I've heard of suicide. Weird. All right. Uh, there is a, another question to Rich, my co-host. Go ahead and read it. Uh-oh. Linda White. Uh, so, so is a comp- completed lower? All right, a completed receiver without a serial number or non-serialized part. No paperwork. No transfer. So, in a case so, where there's. Like if there is a completed non-serialized firearm, um, you have to be very careful with that. And the same thing with firearms that are, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, Ashley, what's your name? I'm sorry, Ashley. I can't remember your name right now. She does like history of firearms and she testified recently. She called it a, a privately manufactured firearm. So in those particular cases, because again, it's a regulated space, uh, it you might consider just giving a non-serialized critical part that would be common to a, even a serialized completed firearm. Mm-hmm. So if you shared a barrel, if you stored a barrel, for example, from a privately manufactured firearm, um, then no one would really know the difference if it were from that or from one that you purchased commercially. And that might be a consideration that that gun owners of privately manufactured firearms um, 
would have if they were to take it to a Hold My Guns location. Um, and, and again, we really want to be able to protect the liability of our gunshot partners so they can offer this to folks. And, you know, just like the, the health department inspects uh, restaurants, sometimes there is a spot check from the ATF. And we want to make sure that, you know, although it's it is uh, it's simply make model serial number listed as consignment, that you wouldn't create a situation that would out a customer um, so just be aware of that. We, again, we always have to keep our head on a swivel and understand the, you know, the ramifications of what we're doing. That's great situational awareness in life. Um, but that's that would be my recommendation is to store a part um, that's a common non-serialized critical part. Does that answer the question, do you think? Yeah. That that's yeah. Uh, how about Rich Storn is playing, but because he crashes it a lot. My my plane is already stored in Minnesota. In parts. In parts. Well, some parts are in New York. Yeah, mental health has a bad stigma, and it really does. Um, to be 100% frank with you guys, I suffer from generalized anxiety disorder. I know it's crazy to think that I have anxiety, but I do. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It affects us all. Uh, I'm usually very open about that because I want people to know. Because I don't think it should be a stigma. And the way to get rid of a stigma is to be open about it. I wouldn't say proud about it, but open about it, you know. And and by the way, we have three codes left for the $10 at Blackstone Tactical. Nice. John, you've, you have always just been open about that. And I really think that it does encourage people. And and to be honest, I think most people have moments in their life or even ongoing, you know, chronically that things that they have to manage. But being aware that it's out there helps you to develop the right coping skills, to know what resources are available. And it helps us to have a, a functional, healthy life despite the things that we all have to overcome as humans. So it is, um, you know, we never want to say, oh, that person over there is struggling. I mean, how arrogant is that? Um, and that's really where a lot of stigma comes in. But that stigma is there because there are, you know, situations where, you know, where people, if the wrong person interprets, you know, what someone might say, for example, it's like, oh, wow, I can make a phone call and flat red flag someone. That's the world that we live in. So we have to be very careful. But at the same time, take leadership in our community to empower people to get help without that fear of, you know, oh, oh my, I have a fireman home. What's going to happen next? Or, um, you know, or afraid to talk about it with, with someone who is uh, going to be able to help them. By the way, I highly recommend the work of um, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. They have a website to ADOC oh, yeah. that you can, oh, yeah. yep, and, and they will help people. you find a a professional, whether it's a medical professional or mental health professional, um, who is pro-rights. And so, again, being discerning about who you talk to can make a big difference in your treatment as well. Yeah, Doctor for uh, Responsible Gun Ownership is a great freaking organization. It's ran by uh, one of the people who runs it uh, is uh, a guy that's been on the show a lot and has some really great books out. Um, uh, Miguel Faria, I don't know, Dr. Yes. Faria, is a great yes. guy. Oh, uh, cool. oh, dude. Oh, by the way, yep. Yeah. He is totally... <laughs> There's his book. I total, love this book. Yeah. He is totally a uh, GOA type guy, uh, no compromise yes. type guy. Um, and he was with... I think it was the CDC when they were trying to do all their gun studies that were actually predetermined what they wanted him to say. He was one of the whistleblowers to that. He's awesome. Yeah, he's been on, he was like on my old podcast, the Firefight Chats, like very early on. Yes. And, and recently when I did a presentation um, for the, it was the VA and Governors and Mayors Challenge, because again, we're going with that idea of, 11 out of 17 veterans are not connected with veterans care. So guess what? You need to refer people to community efforts. And and if they are a gun owner, our firearms community actually cares about people. And we want to help people in crisis. They don't have to necessarily go to the VA for care. And that was my whole presentation. But um, Dr. Faria's book is mentioned in my resources 
as long as well as Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, Walk Talk America, DC Project, USCCA Instructor Training, uh, Black Guns Matter. I just made sure that I put in tons of resources so that anyone viewing that presentation um, will know that, you know, actually there's a lot of education out there. Actually, there's a lot of firearm safety. There's firearm safety, you know, for hunters, but also for an urban setting. And what is the difference there? Um, and and to I also included Nikki Gozer's book, um, Stalked and Defenseless, in that resource list. Um, she works with DC Project. And I really wanted for the audience to understand a little bit more about firearms culture, but also to get an education about, you know, hey, why are some of these initiatives, um, you know, of concern to the firearms community and maybe to you too. So anytime I have an opportunity in my work, um, you know, I, my attitude is here, my send me, and I just see myself as someone who, you know, it's like, hey, if, if we're going to be talking about suicide prevention, let's talk about the risk factors. Let's talk about how our community can help. And let's make sure that we're empowering people to have agency and to make informed decisions for their care. Isn't that what you want? Right. Absolutely. Yep. We just keep putting it back on them. Yeah. I'll, so, sorry. Getting back to Miguel Faria for a second. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, that was a great book that you that you show. But uh, my favorite book of his is Cuban Revolution Escape from the Lost Paradise. I don't know if you've ever read that or not. I haven't read that one. That's great. It's, it talks about how, you know, he, he basically his family, his dad and him had to escape from Cuba. And he was like hunted by the Castro regime and stuff like that. No, it, so he, know, he knows firsthand the dangers of gun control and like these these little you know helpful but yet backdoor uh you know ways that that um terrible people really exploit to take away rights and he's he has seen that firsthand and i love that about him he's just he's such an inspiration and we have so many folks in our firearms community that are just an inspiration every day so um anytime i can can mention that i i don't i am not someone who will pull back you know, if I'm if I'm talking in those circles, I keep getting called. Can you come talk to, you know, to veterans or whatever? I am always going to be promoting um, the the preservation of rights and trying to educate people as to why it's so important that that we take this stance. Yeah, we definitely have to take the stance. We have to fight back against, uh, you know, the the gun grabbers out there. We really do. The Shannon Watts, the Bloombergs. <laughs> They're they are amazing piece of work, huh? The Chipmans. All those guys we got to fight back against because they're not good people. They're not. And and we have to be wise to that. That messaging that unfortunately pulls in a lot of people who are well-meaning, but they haven't really stopped to think about the implications of it. So we have yeah. our work cut out. Yeah, we, did, we definitely do. Um, I, I, I'm like fighting this stuff every day and it's kind of frustrating sometimes. That people just don't get it. I'm sure my audience gets it because my audience, they're watching a pro-gun show, so they probably are pretty pro-gun themselves. But, yeah, um, we got about a minute, two minutes here, Sarah. So do you want to go ahead and do a quick little spiel for Hold My Guns? Sure. That sounds great. Uh, first, I want to say, say thank you to everyone who watched tonight and tuned in and asked amazing questions. It's always a pleasure to be on John Crump's show. Um, we were really grateful to be featured in his book, Speaking with Giants. Um, and make sure, too, that you go to, to John's show on at 8 o'clock on Sunday night. Um, that is, Saturday. It's gonna be Saturday night. That's going to be um, kind of a marathon to help um, prevent childhood cancer. And, and John, we just absolutely love your heart for the community. And that's why it's always, I, I always try to say yes, if it works to be on your show. Um, I just updated our, um, our bio on the Hold My Guns Instagram and Facebook accounts. There's now a link tree up there. I encourage you to take a moment and click on the executive summary that gives an overview of our vision and really shows how our partners will be able to shine in the community and really make a difference. So please take a look at that. Again, we need sponsors, we need volunteers, and we need gun shop partners to help us to save lives, protect property, and preserve rights. You're welcome to reach out to me. I can be um, contacted at sarah at holdmyguns.org to answer more of your excellent questions. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you guys. 
Yeah, that's a great spill. Rich, go ahead and give your plugs out while we are at it. Okie doke. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you brought me. I was waiting That's cute. for that. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, John likes to do that. So I got my Patreon working. It's uh, patreon.com slash flying rich. There's youtube.com slash flying rich. There's flyingrich.com. And of course, there's uh, on Instagram, there's flying rich underscore official. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching today. Remember, we are sponsored by the wonderful people at Tusk, also Blackstone Tactical, Toxic Patchco, and JSD Supply. They are all great people, and I encourage everyone to go check them out. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash John Crump if you want to help support the work at the that I do and help keep the lights on. All right. With that said, I will be back tomorrow, which will be back tomorrow. And we have a guy named Ren Williams who is running for a seat in Virginia. So I'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.